đời sông núi anh em ta đáp đời sông núi quyết bảo vệ sang sang ta thể chết cho quê hương at host my radio it's on on every monday and every friday and host my radio welcome to the show thank you And welcome to this week's episode of Team Cat on my radio today. Happy Monday, everyone. I hope you guys are having a great day. Last me now, summer class is starting. Um, starting, I'll, I'll be doing my uh, stuff for tomorrow. But hey, at least you guys can take a break for today. If your assignments are not due early, you guys can do that. But that, hopefully you guys are. I know yesterday was the sad commemoration, the sad day when it happens, when the dark clouds cover when the students were murdered uh, for demand democracy and demand fighting for justice and a transparent government. And this is something that that, pol- that Hong Kong does not understand, the Hong Kong government does not understand is this. They have the right to assemble. Even if you ask permission, they're still not going to allow you to do it. So they're using tactics going f- farther than what they're doing, you know, using parks to for Beijing for Beijing supporters um, cracking down pol- allowing big large department police to prevent people from mourning or even or even going into a park even that they don't even allow you to go in there anyway and we yes yeah, the police department thing we will talk about it now and make sure you tune every Monday and Friday for our podcasts so huge police deployment thwarts uh, thwarts Tiananmen crackdown commemorations as Hong Kong's detained over candles, clothes, or even slogans. Hong Kong police have deployed a en masse at key sites on the 34th anniversary of the Tiananmen crackdown, apprehending several people in Causeway Bay, including Choi Hong Kong, um, who was the organizer of the Tiananmen vigils, unionist um, Liu Tang, and chairperson of the pro-democracy group the League of Social Democrats, Chan Boying. At around 5 p.m. on Sunday, Veteran activist Wong, popularly known as Grandma Wong, or, and her real name is Alexandria Wong, was apprehended by police in Causeway Bay near, um, near where the city's team individuals were once held. And three other, three other people were escorted away by police soon after, also in Hong Kong Island's shopping district. LSC Chair Chan was taken away in a police vehicle after being stopped in the area, she was holding a yellow flower. The party later told reporters that Chan has been released from Wan Chai's police station at around 9.15 p.m. Adding that police have said that they need to conduct further investigations and Chan has been released without bail terms. So basically, she's released without any restrictions whatsoever. Journalist Ma Ying Ting, former, former chair of the Hong Kong Journalists Association, was taken away by police by the police after being stopped in Great George Street. Liu Tang, a former vice chairperson of the pro-democracy coalitions of unions, the Hong Kong Confederation of Trade Unions, was taken away by the police. Tang was wearing a black t-shirt printed in the went with the one-way pose headlines from his 1989 report about the Tiananmen crackdown. Former member of the Hong Kong Alliance to support a patriotic democrat movement of China, Choi Hong Kong, was placed in a police vehicle after carrying electronic candles on the streets in Causeway Bay. 
telling Le- Leopoldo to Facebook to say he has been taken to one child police station to assist with, for, with investi- police investigation. A man wearing a black TMN cracked out in remembrance t-shirt was escorted from uh, into a police van at around 7.20 p.m. Police told Hunger for Press he would be held for questioning. What questioning? I don't know. Outside Victoria Park, a man who was sitting on a bench holding a candle was taken away was taken by police officers to a police van. Near the water fountains in Victoria Park, a woman in a black t-shirt was taken away by police who who held her hands and legs while she was escorted to a police van. She yelled, "I want to go home." Will every and will every June 4th be like this before being apprehended? She sat on the ground. Police told her if she did not cooperate, she would be arrested for obstructing police. A person who gave their name as Chen, who had witnessed the woman be taken away, told Hong Kong President the police surrounded her after she displayed a photo of a candle on her phone and requested to conduct a stop and search. The woman tried to leave but was stopped by a group of officers. Also near the Victoria Fountain, a middle-aged man was with hearing with a hearing aid and an electronic candle, which stone which shone red at tip, was taken was taken to a police vehicle. Earlier on Sunday, a number of passerbys were um, were stopped and checked under a green canopy tent set up by police on Great George Street, near to exit E of the Causeway Bay MTR station, the closest exit to Victoria Park. It was. It was not only people who were apprehended. A Porsche with a license plate, US 8964, the date of the and crackdown, was seen driving through Causeway Bay on Sunday uh, on Sunday evening before being impounded. The owners of the vehicle said in a public Facebook group that even the, that the officer cited his car and boss license plate and brake as a reason to impound the vehicle. Hunger Press had reached out to police for further details. Yeah, like that's gonna do anything. <laughs> Some mainland Chinese tourists took photos of the police in tents. Three of them, all born in the 1990s, said they had no idea what was going on. When told it was related to the team of crackdown, one to Hunger Press they would be search uh, they would search for it on Chinese social media apps like Baidu and Xiaohongshu. Terms linked to the 1989 crackdown are heavily censored in mainland China. I don't know why they can't look up Google or whatever. And a Chinese-made saber-tube armored vehicle was parked outside the Sago, the Sago Mall in Cosby Bay, along with four police vans. Rolled out last year with an estimated $12.7 million price tag. It attracted passerby to stop for pictures. And they arrest them too? On Saturday, police arrested four people and held four other for, and held other four for questioning after activists and artists seeking to mark the anniversary were apprehended by officers in Causeway Bay. It is the fourth year where no official commemorations have been scheduled, and the first since COVID-19 restrictions were lifted. The police rejected applications to hold the annual mass candlelight vigils in Victoria Park in 2020 and 2021, citing pandemic-related health concerns. Now, this is something that since the since many groups that commemorate was already closed, mostly disbanded completely in September twenty twenty one, no organization even stepped up. 
But the 34th anniversary of the crackdown marks the first time since 2021 that the police did not corner off Victoria Park. This year, instead of a candlelight, the park is filled with stalls and shoppers as pro-Beijing groups hold a market. Visitors must undergo security checks, pay $5 by Octopus card only. I don't know why they can't pay in cash, but it makes no sense. Last Monday, organized, organizing spokesperson Tang Tingho said the timing of the event was just a coincidence. Similar to last year, other parts of the football fields were closed by the government for quote-unquote maintenance. The U.S. and EU councils, uh, consulates in Hong Kong displayed candles in the windows on, sat- on Sunday night to remember the victims of the Tiananmen crackdown. The move, of course, is blasted by Beijing as has been cited by China as evidence of foreign interference in a 6,300-word fact sheet. Are you that... How many words can you even talk about it? I'm pretty sure it's the same thing over and over again or something. I don't know. Since the Hong Kong Christian Patriotic Democratic Movement disbanded in 2021, no organizations have issued a petitions over the Tiananmen crackdown to the government. However, 360 individuals, including, co- including co-organizers of the Umbrella Movement, Reverend Chu Yiming, uh, signed a prayer petition that, pub- that was published in the Christian Times on Sunday. 34 years of historical trauma will be diluted by time and forgotten under the great pre- under great pressure. We still persist in keeping watch and mourning, the petition read. Only with the power and execution of love can be tra- the tragedy of history can be resolved. Mongkok asked one store, run by the pro- ex-pro-democracy uh, district councillor Derek Chu, was distributing electronic candles earlier on Sunday. Chu, who told Hong Kong Free Press that he has been questioned by police about his plans, said he would not do any media interviews. At his store, he was reading the script of the TMN-related drama May 35th by playwright Candace Chong. He previously told Hong Kong Free Press that over the past two days, the store saw government inspectors visiting from the Food and Environmental Hygiene Department, the Audit Commission, and the Fire Service Department. The latter visit stored three times in one day, citing public complaints, Chu said. I wonder who those complaints are. It could be the government, it could be pro-Beijing morons, but who knows. Another store in Saikum also saw officials visit from four different government departments. In the days following a Tiananmen candlelight giveaway, each department claimed they were making routine inspections or responding to complaints when, con- when contacted by Hong Kong Free Press. Oh yeah, what a great excuse that they ever had. That's the best excuse that these... Ooh. Wow, what a great excuse that this government got. And... We'll, we'll, we'll discuss the other one later on. So, good thing good thing that some other countries, all, most free countries, are holding this as well. So, to care, to express our, our sorrow. So, Taiwan hosts TMA Crackdown crack Remembers Vigil. <laughs> It's not the one like uh, it's not the one like um, Hong Kong. At least they have a kind of rituals, and that's even better in Taiwan. Hundreds gathered in Taiwan's capital on Sunday to mark the 34th anniversary of the Tiananmen crackdown. It shows solidarity as Beijing continues to censor all traces trace of the 1989 incident. incident. The annual rituals took place outside of Taipei's Chiang Kai-shek's Memorial Hall. Which, with speakers including Chinese human rights, Chinese human rights lawyer Chen Chiang Gong, 
Taiwanese NGO worker Li Mingche, Danish artist Jen, Jen Gaoshots via video link, and XTMN student leader Zhou Feng Shuo, who spoke from New York, home to the world's only museum about the crackdown. I'm happy they actually did. Hong Kong political a political artist Casey Wong, who fled to who fled to Hong to Taiwan in 2021 over safety fears, also appeared. So that's great. Taiwan's commemoration has taken on an added significance in recent years as the only Chinese society that openly marks the crackdown anniversary. For three decades, Hong Kong held a large-scale vigils in Causeway Bay, Victoria Park, and territories banned the gatherings and jailed its organizers over twenty. Over 20 people were detained in the, city, in the city Sunday, with Chief Executive John Lee unable to confirm last Tuesday, um, last Tuesday whether the public mourning was legal under the Beijing Imposed National Security Law, like AP cares. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a switching of roles. Artist Casey Wong told Hong Kong Free Press at the Taipei event, "This is this forbidden demonstrations of empathy, empathy and sympathy is really anti-human." Taiwan, on the other hand, allows us to continue this practice of humanism, to care, to express our sorrow. So that's why I think the turnout here is even better than last year. I like that. A political science university student who asked to be identified only by her surname, Chiu, told Hong Kong Free Press that she felt it was important to show up and keep the memory alive, especially when others are not able to. Taipei's event also featured a replica of Gasha's Pillar of Shame, memorizing those who died at Tiananmen. At Tiananmen. Police seized a larger version of the sculptures in Hong Kong earlier this year, and connection, in connections to an incitement to subversion case after the University of Hong Kong removed it from, from their campuses. Before the vigils, the National Taiwan University Graduate Student Association held a press conference in Liberty Square in response to a report that Lau Kai, a graduate student from the university, had been arrested in Causeway Bay early in the day. The group called her detention arbitrary and urged for her release, her immediate release. In response, a Hong Kong government spokesperson said in a press release on Monday that all law enforcement actions taken by law enforcement agencies are based on evidence, strictly according to the law and for the acts of, of the people or organizations concerned, and has nothing to do with their political stance or group. Oh yeah, nothing to do with political stance or group. I like I I, I want to know what is it what their evidence are. Meanwhile, Taiwanese President Tsai Ing-wen wrote in a Facebook post on Sunday, "In the land of Taiwan, people enjoy democracy, and freedom. We look forward to the day when our young Chinese friends can sing freely and express themselves with their with their own creativity, passion, and have no worries." Representing a flash mob singing event at the at the Guizhou subway. This year's event falls under the shadow of a sexual harassment allegations against Wang Dan, a prominent activist and former student leader at Tiananmen Square. A former political worker, Li Yunchun, accused Wang of trying to have sex with him and making unwanted advances afterwards in 2014. Wang denied it to the allegations. He was not invited to speak at the Taipei Memorial, unlike previous years. Taiwan has been ruled by the Republic of China's, um, by the Republic of China's government since 1945, after Japan, who occupied the island for nearly 50 years, was defeated in the Second World War. The People's, Liberation, the People's, the People's Republic of China claims that Taiwan is one of the provinces and does not recognize it as an independent country. I'm not surprised at what the, I'm not surprised at what the you know, PRC says. 
of what they're trying to do. You know, they're usually they're doing it. They're doing it because they're they're thinking, oh, if we can take time, because they have a lot of stuff on there. You know, historical things, all details and things like that. Why aren't people? Why aren't people talking about that? You know. Why aren't people? Why aren't people talking more about what happening about Tiananmen? Well, people talk more about what's going on. Of course, the government. Yes, the government of China wants you to not think about it. You know, this is something that people tend to say. Well, what China did is great. What China did was correct. What China did was awesome. I mean, you're looking at. You're looking on the good side, but what about the other side? Then I want to know about that. Where were you at? That's what I want to know. Where were you at? Those comment. Don't you? You realize, people like you who fought for the Moxie for, for many people like you who support the team from Asker. Why you walk back on your thing then? I want to know about that. Why do you walk back on what you have done or what have you have said? It just doesn't. It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever what the government says. Oh, we are doing this, we are doing that. It's just making sense to me. And it just makes it, it makes it more, um, I say ridiculous, as we should, as we should say, really. They're saying, well, TMN never exists. Taiwan's uh, part of our province, or whatever the, whatever the heck they would say. You know, ignore what they said. Ignore what they do. I don't think, I don't think that's true of what they, of what the government's doing. Anyway, we're going to get into it, so we're going to continue on. Overseas Hong Kongers, mainland Chinese, hold Tiananmen crackdown vigils as city's tributes suppressed. Vigils to remember those who died during the Tiananmen crackdown has been held in the cities across the world. As the, as the Hong Kong and Chinese, mainland Chinese diaspora marked the 34th anniversary of the 1989 Tiananmen crackdown. In Hong Kong, where civil society groups have disappeared and pro-democracy figures have been detained in the wake of the 2020 national security law, individuals carrying flowers, candles, or wearing blacks at Victoria Park, where memorial activities took took place for 30 years, were among those taken away by police on Sunday. While historically, many overseas memorials were hosted by exiled TMN activists, this year they were joined by younger immigrants from Hong Kong and young Chinese who joined the blank pla- uh, placard protest in the mainland last year. So what are those countries those countries then? Well, first up, Japan. An assembly to commemorate the third fourth anniversary of the Tiananmen crackdown took place in Shinjuku, the major the major commercial district of Tokyo, Japan, with Uyghurs, Hong Kongers, and mainland Chinese in attendance. The predominantly main, uh, Muslim Uyghur ethnic groups among the minorities targeted in what Beijing claims is a campaign to tackle unrest and separatism or terrorism. The UN says a million Uyghurs are arbitrarily detained in political re-education camps, while its Human Rights Watch reports that surveillance and suppression in Xinjiang have increased dramatically since 2016. Several Western countries have imposed sanctions over Beijing's action. This year, Assembly was co-organized by a group of young Chinese dissidents and Hong Konger William Lee, all living in Tokyo, according to its initium. Uh, it was marked by a candlelight vigil, which is common. If we think commemorations of the crackdown lacks perspective, um, perspectives, 
from China. It is better to host one ourselves. And organizers from mainland China told Initium and that they have been awakened, become awakened after last year's plaque, a blank placard protest. Canada. In Canada, there were there were memorial uh, assemblies and vigils held in Toronto, Vancouver, Edmonton, and Montreal. Assemblies of Chinese officials, a mainland a mainland Chinese student organization set up in 2022, co-hosted a team memorial event for the first time on Saturday in Toronto, according to its official Twitter account. An assembly in Edmonton was hosted by an overseas group of Hong Kongers. Edmonton's Hong Kong, Hong Kong Civil Rights United on Sunday evening. It's a nice name. As diasporic Hong Kongers and those who support democracy and liberty, it seems that we have responsibilities to continue to lit the memorial candles, the organizers said during a speech at the event in Edmonton, followed by a silent tribute and singing Democracy Will Triumph and Flowers of Liberty or Freedom or Flowers of Freedom. Songs that was used to be sung during the candlelight vigils in Hong Kong's Hong Kong's Victoria Park. A candlelight vigils was also held in Vancouver. The organizers, Vancouver Society in support of, of democratic movements, a group found found in 1989 by Vancouver Hong Kongers to support the Chinese movement, hosted the vigils. Shout out to you guys! Um, you guys have all the pictures that I never had. And good thing you guys uh, gave me permissions. Thank you. Forgive me that. Hope you guys are not mad. I'll keep my fingers crossed. Thank you, you guys, for giving me that pictures and put it and let me put it on on my social media page. The United Kingdom. So hundreds of Hong Kongers and mainland Chinese living in the UK gathered in London's um, Trafalgar Square on Sunday and marched towards the Embassy of the People's Republic of China to mourn victims of TMA crackdowns and protests, shouting, "We demand freedom of speech, and it's my duty." The latter was a slogan chanted during the 1989 student-led movements in mainland China and reactivated during the blank, uh, blank placard protests. Unlike previous years, the assembly in March were organized by young mainland Chinese inspired by the, by the blank placard protests, and it was attended by people from Hong Kong, mainland China, and Xinjiang, British broadcaster, the BBC report. It's great to see many mainlanders Came coming in to join in the the, uh, the vigils as well and memorialization. That's great. That's to see them doing that actually. Memorial events were also held elsewhere during the UK, during the U, around the UK, including Birmingham, Leeds, and also Kingston. Some one one hundred and forty four thousand five hundred people pe- uh, people have left Hong Kong and moved to the UK. In the two years since London launched an immigration scheme for holders of BNO or British National Overseas Passport after Beijing enacted the national security law in the city. The Memorial Assembly of Kingston saw attendance of numerous figures who were once the active players in Hong Kong civil society and democratic movements, including Chum Kim-wa, a social science professor and former deputy chief executive officer of Hong, Kong Public, uh, Hong Kong's Public Opinion Research Institute, former and Lei Wen Thot, a former legislative counselor and former chairman of, and deputy chairman of the of a Democrat of the Democrat Party, the event organi- the event was organized by Hong Kongs living in the UK. 
How about around the world? There's plenty of people around the world that are commemorating this. Activities to mourn the historical incident also took place in the cities including Berlin, in, in, including Berlin, Germany, Melbourne and Sydney in Australia, in New York and the United in the US, where a new museum preserving photos and evidence from the Tiananmen crackdown opened last Friday, being power reported. In Taiwan, hundreds gathered in Taiwan's capital on Sunday to mark the 34th anniversary of the Tiananmen crackdown, as the annual as the annual vigils took place outside Taipei's Chiang Kai-shek Memorial Hall. According to the Hong Kong Democracy Council, there are at least 37 memorial events all over the world to mourn the crackdown. And of course the the ally the Hong Kong Alliance, which is what people call them, have was already dis- they ran a museum before, but it was closed and then the group disbanded after members being arrested and after they voted to actually disband it completely, which made it even more tragically sad of course. And it's sad to see this even happening at all. It's it's sad to see this happening when we should allow it to mourn anybody's death. If you can mourn those people who got murdered, um, I think a couple of days ago, then you should at least allow to mourn the TMN crackdown vigil, um, victims as well. One arrested, 23 taken away for investigations by Hong Kong police over TMN crackdown commemorations. A 53-year-old woman had been arrested for allegedly obstructing police officers after she refused to show her identity cards outside Victoria Park. The sites where annual candlelight vigils for victims of the Tiananmen crackdown were once held. On the 34th anniversary of the crackdown, additionally, 11 men and 12 women, ages 20 to 74, were taken from Causeway Bay on Sunday for further investigations on suspicion of breaching the peace, according to the police. Prominent activists and a journalist were among those taken into police custody, including Sui Hong Kwong, who was amongst the organizers of the team vigils, Unionist Leo Tang, chairperson of the Dem- pro-democracy group, and also chairperson chairperson of the pro-democracy group, the League of Social Democrats, LSD, Chan Boying, and former head of the Hong Kong Journalist Association, Clement So. Tang, who was seen wearing a t-shirt printed on the front page, of state-controlled newspaper Wen Wei Po, published on June 5, 1989, posted on Facebook to say he, would have, he had been taken to Wan Chai's police station but was released without charge later that night. Hong Kong Free Press spoke to an onlooker outside Victoria Park on Sunday night who saw a middle-aged ma- woman being stopped and searched by the police after displaying a photo of a candle on her phone near the entrance of the park. The woman was carried into a police car by a group of police officers screaming, I want to go home, and will every June 4th be like this, after attempting to leave the scene, a Hong Kong Free Press report observed. All four people arrested on the eve of the anniversary of the crackdown, including 50-year-old surname Lao, a 51-year-old um, man surnamed Quan, a 54-year-old woman surnamed Lee, and a, 60, a 60-year-old man surnamed Chan were released on bail, the police told Hong Kong Free Press on Monday. The United Nations Human Rights Office posted on Twitter to say it was alarmed by the reports of detention in Hong Kong linked to the anniversary of the Tiananmen crackdown. We urge the release of anyone 
anyone detained for exercising freedom of expression and peaceful assembly. We call on authorities to fully abide by obligations under international covenant on, on civil and political rights, the post read. A graduate student's association uh, at, the, at the National Taiwan University held a press conference at Liberty Square in Taipei on Sunday, protesting the arrest of Tiananmen crackdown activist Lao Gadi in Hong Kong on Saturday. Lao, who is, a, who is a member of the activist group Tiananmen Mothers and is studying at NTU, was seen wearing a t-shirt printed with a candle and a Chinese word for truth when she was arrested for acting with seditious intent on the eve of the crackdown anniversary. Comparing the arrest in Victoria Park with the Tiananmen crackdown in 1989, the Student Association said it would solemnly protest the Hong Kong police operations, adding that it had the utmost respect for Lao. In a statement released on, sun on Sunday night, the Security Bureau said it, opposed, it strongly opposed the unfounded and false accusation made by the association and that the organization has smeared, poli has smeared police actions. All law enforcement actions taken by law enforcement agencies are based on evidence strictly according to the law and for the acts of the people or organizations concerned and have nothing to do with their political stance or background, the Bureau said. Okay, what are the evidence then? I want to know about that. What are the evidence? For talk, for trying to commemorate it? I don't know. The consulate, the U.S. consulate and the office of the EU in Hong Kong displayed commemorative candles in the windows on Sunday. Calling the gesture a quote-unquote tool to echo some anti-Chinese forces, the Commissioner Office of the Chinese Foreign Ministry in Hong Kong said it strongly rejected and deplored, a pol deplored political manipulations from the U.S., including the Consulate General of the United States and Canada. The office said, said achievements made by China shown the path chosen by the country was absolutely correct, like what murdering thousands of students, and that a small number of external forces were obsessed with acting as a quote-unquote clown to throw dirty waters on China. Um, are we throwing dirty waters on the Communist Party? I know that I, I don't want to be throwing dirty water or clean water. Those who play this trick or just overestimate their own strengths in a plot will be consigned into the dustbin of history, the statement read. It urges foreign missions stationed in the, in the city to stop to immediately stop futile political manipulation. Commemorating a victim's commemorating people who were killed during that protest. That is not a meaning of freaking manipulations. They're so paranoid. Why are the Communist Party so paranoid? Oh, we're not allowed to commemorate it. Is that is that what they want me want us to do? Everyone cannot commemorate. We live in Hong Kong. Hong Kong police urged to give explanation after journalists taken away on Tiananmen crackdown anniversary. A Hong Kong press group has urged the state's police to provide an explanation after its former chairperson was led away by officers while she was reporting on the 34th anniversary of the Tiananmen crackdown. A move of putting, of putting veteran journalist Mackintyre in police custody in Causeway Bay on Sunday while giving any reasons amounted to seriously hindering reporting, the Hong Kong Journalists Association sent a statement issued on Monday. Mark, ex-chief of the Hong Kong Journalists Association, and freelance reporter for Radio France Internationale, or RFA, or RFI, was stopped by officers on 
Great George on Great George Street at around 6.30 p.m. Causeway Bay, a busy commercial district on Hong Kong Island, saw heavy police presence on, on Sunday as officers fought, uh, thwart commemorations of Beijing's military crackdowns during led demonstrations on June 4, 1989. According to the Hong Kong Journalist Association, Mark showed her press credentials to the police and told the officers that she was reporting. She asked the police why she was stopped and demanded to meet with the personnel from the media leads and branches, said. The police media leads and team then instructed Mark to go to a tent for a standard search and said and said she would be released afterwards. The RFI freelancers entered a cordon area and police did not did not conduct a search, but rather put her in a, to a police van, the Hong Kong Journalist Association said. Mark requested the police give an explanation and said she did not want to get into the vehicle. Officers responded by saying she would be arrested for obstructing the police if she did not follow the order. I thought you said you are going to search her and then release her. Get off. Go away. That's it. You're done. Now get out of here. But the, she, so far they're lying already. She went she was sent to the Wan Chai police station. It was around 11 p.m. The police did not press charges. We urged the police to respect the work of journalists and not arbitrarily detain them, which seriously hinders their reporting work. We demand that the police explain the incident, the Hong Kong Journalist Association said. Um, statement read. Hong Kong Free Press had to reach out to the police for comment, like they're going to do anything about it. Police apprehended a 53-year-old woman on Sunday for, for allegedly obstructing police officers after she refused to show her identity cards outside Victoria Park, where annual candlelight vigils were once held to remember the victims of the Tiananmen crackdown. Additionally, 11 men and 12 women, ages 20 to 74, were taken from the Cos from Causeway Bay on Sunday for further investigations, on suspicion of breaching the peace, according to, to the police. They included unionist Li Tang and chairwoman of the pro-democracy group uh, the pro-democracy group, the leader Social Democrats, Chan Boying. Prior to the prior to the COVID nineteen pandemic, the, the and the enactment of the Beijing imposed national security law, barely any of the Hong Kong was the only person, only place where you can mourn them, mourn the uh, the massacre, the nineteen eighty nine crackdown itself. Nearly thirty seven events were held in, across around the world as well, so it makes it. More, more. Who's stronger now, you guys, or anyone? I think we're. I think we're becoming stronger than than any than than any of the Communist Party. We're gaining strength, and we're not gaining weakness. That's the best thing that we're doing right now. Well, I think at least we get some good news, right? At least good news for some some sort of way. Top Hong Kong court clears journalists convicted over the 2019 Yun Long attack documentary. Hong Kong journalist Bao Choi conviction for making a false statement. To, to access vehicle records have been quashed after five judges ruled unanimously in favor of her appeal at the state's top court. Her sentence had, had, had also been set aside. That's good. The former freelance RTHK producer was found guilty in 2021 of making a false statement to obtain a vehicle record for a documentary she was producing for the government-funded broadcaster about the 2019 Yunlong mob attack. She was fined $6,000. Choi's case centered around her use of a public database to review records of vehicles suspected of transporting assailants and weapons to Yunlong. In her applications to access the vehicles, 
choice selected other traffic and transport related matters from a drop down menu that asks her, her intention of obta for obtaining the information. While the transport chief was required and entitled to ask a person's reasons for wanting to obtain a vehicle details, other traffic and transport related matters, including the serious investigative journalism undertaken here by Choi concerning the use of the vehicles, the court ruled in a written judgment handed down on Monday. The previous rulings from the mag magistrate and high court narrowly limits the categories to Choi's own use of or involvement with the vehicle itself, the court said. While rights such as freedom of speech and freedom of the press were not absolute and may be restricted where necessary, there was no reason to proceed from a starting point that, that, bona, fide, that bona fide journalism should be excluded from the phrase utter traffic and transport related matters, the court ruled. The fact that the appellant was exercising her freedom of speech and of the press in connections with investigating the events of, Ju of July 21st up to 21st of July 2019 should be taken into consideration in considering the alleged offense of making a false statement in a material particular, the judgment read. Even if other traffic and transport related matters exclude, exclude journalistic purpose, journalists could, could be easily honestly mistaken into, in thinking they, they could chose the, the options, the court said. A journalist in choice position faced with, a, with the online applications form and drop-down menu could well be honestly mistaken in thinking it include activities as ones relating to traffic and transport matters, the ruling read. Given the volume of certificates issued on the applications of media and news agencies, it cannot be said to be irresistible in uh, inference that Choi would have would have known it was inconsistent with the purpose she selected for a for a journalist to apply for a su for such a certificate in order to investigate the use of the vehicle's concern. After the court ruling, after the top court ruling, Bao's friends and family could be heard cheering outside the court building. Amongst those who went who went to support Choi's was ex chair of the Hong Kong Journalist Association. Some, uh, some, some When asked how she felt about judgment, Choi said happy was the only word that she could think of to describe her mood. I'm very happy that we have a very crystal clear ruling this morning. It states very clearly that there is no reason to start to start from a sp st um, starting point that bona fide journalism should be excluded from the phrase other other matters relating to journal to traffic and transportation. Choi said said two reports outside the court on Monday. More importantly, it also states the importance of the constitutionally protected freedom of the press and of, of speech, and I think that is the biggest significance of today's ruling, she continued. I think, uh, I kind of think that this kind of happiness belongs to everyone in this society, not just me individually. Choi also said she hoped the rulings would change newsroom practice. I have faith in my fellow journalists. Over the past few years, a lot of us are having a very challenging and also difficult time when we conduct serious journalism. But still, not all. But a lot of us still place our highest value of journalistic principles, Troy said. I, hope, I also hope that the media management will consider today's ruling and, the, and use it in a constructive way, she added. The city's largest journalist group the Hong Kong Journalists Association said in a statement on Monday that they welcomed the ruling.
It is ridiculous that journalists were, uh, were being arrested, charged, and even convicted for seeking the truth, the statement read. Even though Bowtor won her appeal, the case is sufficient to reflect the difficult situation that the industry is in. The only thing worth celebrating in the case is that a journalist who is in- innocent is finally exonerated. The group added that it admired Choi's persistence in appealing her case, and that she was willing to spend time and money to do so. We urge the government to respect the work of journalists to ensure that the public rights to know and press freedom are being are protected, the statement read. And we'll explain more after the break. Welcome back. During her Court of Final Appeal hearing last month, the court discussed what traffic and transport matters entail. Senior counsel Derek Chan, who represented Choi, argued that Choi's use of the database fell within the scope of other traffic and transport related matters, as she was looking into vehicles allegedly, allegedly used to carry weapons. Government persecutor Derek Lau argued that the investigation does not fall into such matters and that the activities need to have an inherent nature that relates, that relates to traffic or transport. After the government persecutor finished making his arguments, Chen said the persecution had raised points including some related to data, uh, personal data and privacy, but did not mention press freedom. The barrister said press freedom was guaranteed in the basic law. The city's mini constitution as well as the Bill of Rights and need to and needs to be taken into account in the case. The July twenty first, twenty nineteen attacks at Yunlong's MTR station took place around a month into the protests at, that summer over a controversial extradition bill. That night dozens of men wearing white t shirts, <laughs> importantly with triads affiliation, indiscriminately assault commuters, journalists, and, a pro- and protesters returned from a demonstration. The incident marked a turning point for worsening relations between the public and the police, who were accused of ignoring emergency calls to the scene. Choi's, uh, Choi's May appeal, which coincides with World Press Freedom Day, was her last attempt to challenge the convictions. She lost her appeal at a lower court na- last November. Press Freedom Hong Kong has come under, has come under the spotlight since Beijing passed a national security law in June 2020 in response to a large-scale protest that began in the summer of 2019, which will come up pretty soon. In 2021, two major newsroom, major news outlet, Apple Daily and San News, both known for the pro-democracy stance, closed down after the newsroom were raided and staff arrested under the national security and sedition charges. The government, however, has said that press freedom is respected and protected. Like that's gonna be like that's gonna mean anything at least for some people. The city ranked 140th amongst 180 regions in the international media watchdog reports without borders and in press freedom ranking. When the ranking was first compli- um, compiled in 2002, Hong Kong was the 18th. In the wake of the newsroom closure, small media outlets have emerged to fill the gaps, including one co-founded by Choi called the Collective. Yeah, the online outfit is uh, is reliant on readers' donations and produce in-depth reports on social issues and politics. At least there's some way that people are actually looking, finding ways to actually fill in the gap of what these because these newsrooms are, are pretty famously and they're pretty big. They're not like small, tiny, you know, newsroom or small, tiny news report. They're pretty. They're pretty large. 
you know, they're pretty large. So once you once they're all disbanded, they're all gone. They don't have they're not there anymore. So it means it makes any kind of, you know, reporting on anything on any kind of corruptions or whatever or anything that they, they want to report, it can be pretty difficult. It's not easy, you know. So for you guys out there who's doing press, you should be happy that you're able to do reporting around what you think the narrative should be. Of course, but at the same time, you should also never never um, forget about reporting the truth, at least. And that's why I want everybody to report the truth and report something that they felt that is true. And not something that what the government tells you. And also, thank you for tuning in, guys. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, make sure to tune in every Monday and Friday for our podcast. Of course, um, summer class is starting. I hope you guys are getting started. I know, I know. I hate I hate starting class anyway. Actually, no. Rewind back. We're gonna rewind back from my, from my um, from what I just said. We're gonna talk. We're gonna continue two more report for right now. I know you may say, "Well, can't you say you're done?" No, no, no. I I apologize. We're not done. We're gonna continue. So we're gonna do something a little different here. So. 19 people killed in a landslide in China's Sichuan province. All 19 people caught in a landslide in southwestern China's Sichuan province on Sunday have been confirmed dead, state media reported, announcing the end of rescue efforts. Why are there so many things about dead things now, dead people nowadays? Part of a mountain collapse at around 6 a.m. near a state-owned forestry stations in Jinkou Hub. Near the city of Lishan, state broadcaster CTTV said. The disaster sent mud and debris hurling towards a construction site operated by a local mining company, where it struck and buried parts of the productions and living, and living facilities at the mineshaft platform, CTTV reported. 19 people were confirmed dead as of 8 p.m., the broadcaster said, adding that search and rescue work had currently ended and the cause of the collapse. It's under investigation. Footage broadcast by by CCTV shows rescuers and evac- excavators picking through a tract of mud that had been that flattened a wood a wooded a wooded hillside and shrewd it with a twisted metal and smashed ma- uh, masonry. The Jinko Hut government earlier said the landslide had killed fourteen people and left five missing. And unspecified numbers of other mine workers have been evacuated to safe locations, according to CCTV. Sorry sent more than 180 people and over a dozen pieces of rescue and recovery equipment to the site, the broadcaster added. Contacted by AFP, uh, AFP son- earlier Sunday, an official in Jinko uh, Hu's publicity department declined to give further details. The settlement of around 40,000 people lies in the mountainous regions about 240 kilometers south, south of the central of the provincial capital Chengdu, which is in Sichuan. Landslides are frequent dangers in rural and mountainous parts of China, particularly during rainy summer months. Remote and densely forested, much of the Sichuan is particularly prone to disasters. Extreme weather triggered a series of landslides in the province in 2017, including one that completely buried the mountainous village of Shinmo, entombing more than 60 homes. In 2019, massive rains 
massive rains again caused a slew of muds of landslides, including one that buried a section of railway under repair and those working on it. The province is also systematically active and periodically experienced deadly earthquakes. The 7.9 magnitude quake in 2008 left more than 87,000 people dead or missing, including 5,335 school pupils. Although China has strengthened safety protocols and extract in its extractive industries in recent years, accidents still frequently occurs. More than 50 people were declared dead or missing after a slope collapse at a mine in in the northern in the northern in the Mongolian the Mongolia region in in February, and around 40 people were working on un- working underground when a gold mine in the northwestern Xinjiang region collapsed in December. Think about how think about how nuts it is for it to happen. Think about how many landslides that could happen. You know, this is something that I give sympathies I give my empathy and many condolences to the families who had families that got killed in that time. You know, it's it's pretty much something that that we felt pretty sorrow about. I'm hoping that they can try to get that recovery and hopefully that they can try to, you know, help the victim's family as much as they can. If the government can, I'm hoping the government do, because if they don't do it, then that's not good. You need to help the family out. They're the one that's very, very important right now. And, you know, one final report for today. Um, we're going to talk about the United Nations World Environment Day. You know, Hong Kong must step up climate leadership to meet carbon goals, says NGO. The government must step up climate leadership to achieve its carbon neutrality goal, an environmental NGO has said, amidst a heat wave in the city that has seen the death of a 66-year-old construction worker. I think we were reporting that as well. Extreme weather is becoming an unwanted, unwanted new normal under the climate change, Friends of, Friends of the Earth said in a statement last Thursday ahead of, the, of Monday's UN World Environment, Environment Day. As our green ga- greenhouse gas emission continues to warm the environment, extreme weather like typhoons and heat waves will be more frequent and severe. Chief Executive John Lee's 2023 policy address vows to cut total carbon emissions by 50% before 2035 from the 2005 level in order to achieve the goals of carbon neutrality before 2050. But it was sent on new environmental initiatives. The Green Group called on authorities to implement renewable energy sources in the region by collaborating with the Greater Bay Area and setting up an an hydrogen economy to decarbonize industrial processes and transportation. It also said the city must accelerate the uh, electrification of its commercial and public transportation systems, and that the government must strengthen energy codes and mandate building life cycles assessment. Secretary for for Energy and Ecology, said Ching Wan, told the legislature on um, on May 17th that Hong Kong had only five fully electric electric taxis on the road, less than 1% of the 18,163 strong fleet. Furthermore, fees for government charging stations are set to be introduced this year, though the numbers of stations is set to increase by 7,000 by 2025. As for building codes, the government pledged to increase the energy performance of 
government buildings and infrastructure by more than 6% by 2024 to 2025, but remains committed to a huge controversial building project in the new territories, while the $580 billion Kagi Chas Artificial Island project involves 1,700 hectares of land reclamation. Friends of, the, Friends of the Earth also said that the government should promote healthier and more sustainable diets and implement climate and sustainability um, education in schools. Meanwhile, the government should embody the polluters' pays principle and implement a carbon pricing mechanism and expedite the development of its green finance talent pool to align itself with international sustainability standards, the NGO said. Investments and reforestation by preserving existing natural environments and restoring the great ecosystems would help ensure the city's infrastructure, economy, and communities are resilient to climate change. It added alongside investments in in carbon capture, utilization, and storage. It predicted that the world would breach the 1.5 C Celsius threshold in the next five years. Climate change threats off humanity. Hong Kong low carbon shifts requires a recognition that decarbonization should be should be the overarching goal of the government, the statement read. The mercury exceeded thirty four degrees Celsius four times over the last week, with relative with relative humanity, humidity ranging from fifty nine to ninety three percent according to the observatory records. On Saturday, a sixty six year old glue worker Surnamed Ip lost consciousness and fell from scaffolding at the Chinese University New Asia's College Friendship Lodge after the after the Amber heat stress warning was hosted. He was later pronounced dead at Prince of Wales Hospital. The Labor Department last month implemented three tier warning system with updated guidelines for rest periods and heat stress prevention under which outdoor workers are eligible for rest or work restrictions. However, the guidelines are not legally binding. Last month, the Hong Kong Observatory launched a new special weather tips notification, which will, issue, which will be issued to app users when the mercury reaches or exceeds 35 degrees Celsius. I don't know how is this going to solve the problem, but I'm hoping that they, this can actually give out something. But you got to understand that you have to look at you gotta look on on the other side as well. Sure, green energy is something that we should also focus on as well. We cannot forget about that, of course. We want to also focus on that, but at the same time, you wanna also focus on the economy. Does that cost money? Does that cost more money than it is, and than it is you actually want to permit? Because if it costs so much money. Then it means that it could be a it could be a big problem. Who knows if it's who knows if it's gonna cost a crazy amount a crazy amount of of situation that everyone wants to see. And of course, and of course, we want to also we want to also see that the environment to be clean, the environment to be safe, so that way people can live in there. Who doesn't, right? And I'm hoping I'm hoping that can happen. You know. But give it, let's see if the government can give it a trial, give it a chance here. Give some green energy a chance. And also, thank you for tuning in, guys. This time, yes, we'll finish. 
And thank you for tuning in, guys. If you guys enjoy this podcast, make sure you tune in every Monday and Friday for our podcast. Of course, um, class is, is already here. Hope you guys are able to take your class. And and I know if you guys have assignments, hopefully you guys can do them early. If not, well, do them anyway. So I don't. So that way it won't cause a, a problem or any kind of, you, you know, kind of backed up on anything. And that's it for today. And we'll talk more next time. This is Team Cal, my radio, signing out. Hope you guys have a great day. Thank you, guys. At host my radio. It's on on every Monday and every Friday. At host my radio. Welcome to the show. Thank you.